Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another segment of Cisco and Palestine Hour on Broadcast and Politics. Tonight we have a special guest. He was supposed to be here last week, but we had some technical issues. Jeremy Murphy. He's the former vice president of communication at CBS and author of Fuck Off Quote, Surviving the Oh My God F out in Your Media Career. We will be discussing quite a few things, including Elon Musk, the richest man on, on earth right now. And Twitter does not believe in free speech. How about that? Mark, welcome back again for another segment of our program. Yeah, hi. What's your rant well, of the week? You saw, well, I'm not going to do a rant. I'm just going to respond to what you said. You saw what the Twitter guy said, that, hey, we're all commies here. Exactly. You know, this, yes. Their words. Their, well, I, I mean, I, I knew that they were commies. They just now admitted it, that they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they did. But anyway, now, okay, I'll, I'll go on a rant now. I want to talk about yes. what what words someone put in a, in a puppet's mouth, and those words were an incredible transition. These mm-hmm. people in the White House, because it's certainly not Biden, because Biden is like, you know, at best, the horse's ass, you know? Um, <laughs> so that you that phrase infuriates me. So there's a few effing idiots around Biden that are using this phrase. They think this is just a transition. In the meantime, the misery and the, the pain this is inflicting on people, it, it, it's, they're sadists. There's no other way to effing put this. They're sadistic bastards, and that's my rant. <laughs> well, there's a couple of things here. Number one, what happened in Ovalde, Texas, basically, it's a preemptive to to basically having these Democrats going after our guns. They basically want gun control. That's exactly oh, I, of why. Course they do. Of course this, they do, because they yeah. have to disarm us. With, with because the plans that they have are so draconian, they know even the lazy ass Americans aren't going to roll over for it. Right, right. So, so that, that's yeah, part of it. Is, I want to know how does an unemployed kid get all this expensive gear? How does that happen? I think, I think again, and and, and you know, conspiracy theorists today are have been right. I believe that this was set up so they can push the gun. This was actually set up, and now that we're finding out more details that the law enforcement did not go in right away, that creates suspicion, you know, on my part that this was sage, and they used this guy. You you can't say that the locals were in on it. Uh, those guys no, it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be the locals. You know, you know, we we have a corrupt FBI. Oh yeah. Oh, definitely. Okay. All of everything in D.C. is rot. It's it's a yeah. rotting caucus. All of it. But these guys that were responding to that were local Texas guys. Oh and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I'm not saying them. The border I, I, patrol. Yeah, and it. Anyway, I mean, it's it's just I'm not I'm not saying and, and locals, you know also I, I, I have to say something else too. Even if someone was trying to discreetly tell me to stand down, if I heard gunfire and knew there were kids in there, I'm I'm effing going in there. Hell, I would have went in there friggin' unarmed. Jesus Christ! Yeah, I heard that yeah. that some of the parents wanted to run in because the police were outside. Yeah, yeah, and, and and again, how did this kid get that much money to do this? Okay, I know he has very again, expensive toys with him. Yeah, very expensive weapons. Exactly. So, so I think I think again, this 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 was set up somehow. I can't pinpoint it yet, but it leads me to believe that you know, a lot I'm of these things. I'm not saying it's set up. 
I just want to know the factual information about the source of the money for those yeah. weapons. That's all. Yeah. That, that's, okay. that, that question will answer a lot. Definitely. Let me just dial our guest right now and um, see what. I'll tell Hi. you the whole thing. You've reached Jeremy's phone. He's sadly inconvenient and cannot take your call. Leave a message and he will get back okay. to you. Okay. Or not. So I just At the tone, please okay. record your message. When you have finished recording, you may hang up so. or press 1 for more options. Yeah. You know, it's 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 definitely. Um, Wait, aren't you going to leave a message? Uh, yeah, I'm I'm sending him a text. And oh, oh, so okay. he'll, he'll call. All right. Okay. So one but one of the things you, one of the things that these scenes, I see some of these scenes, and if it doesn't bring you to tears, you're some kind of heartless mother boy. It chokes yeah. me up. You know, ninth. I raised five children. I I can only imagine that. I've at times I've had two children in the same school, you know. In grammar, in grammar school, hell, I had three at the same time, you know, in different classrooms. But uh, I forget it. I would have drove my freaking car right through the effing door, uh, you know. I would oh, yeah, cops, yeah. no cops. I wouldn't give a damn. I would have taken my car and gone ram. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely. I, I would have done the same thing if my kids were in there. Yeah, because look, uh, you know, smash, go right through the friggin' doors. Okay. And um, one of the 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 obvious. I mean, what really triggered my suspicion of this is the fact that uh, this 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 individual got all this toys all these toys and like wait a minute and then he knew how to shoot and he had a body armor i mean it's like he was prepared for war and 18 yeah, years i mean 18 years no no yeah i mean what was he going to shooting ranges let's find let's get the yeah. drop here yeah anyway uh yeah my um, our guest is he's calling in. When I call, it didn't ring. So anyway, okay. Um, the the other part is to expect rolling blackouts this summer because of our good green green energy. Well, we haven't been warned uh, about bullshit. that yet. We haven't been warned yeah. about that here again. This is Monmouth County. Of course, they're going to service us. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I, I'm telling everyone, get ready. Don't get caught off guard. Well, um, I, I only rent, and I'm not getting a generator, so I'll just suffer. You know, maybe no, you, you know, have I'll to have get to a, buy myself uh, a tent. I'll have to buy myself a tent. <laughs> you, you know, you don't have to get there. Because there's, I do have a backyard. In today's world? Um. In today's world, you can actually get a real, a lot of portable things that don't need electricity. I'll send you, I'll send you some things. Okay. Yeah, it, it's definitely, um, I, yeah, I, I was plus, amazed. Not only that, uh, not only that, I keep my freezers stuffed with yeah. stuff. Okay, we got you our know, guests. Okay. In, in case food gets priced out of hand or something. I got yeah. a lot of food because I yeah. have two refrigerators also. Yeah, so I got two. Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. How are you? All right. Finally, finally. Again, my our apologies for last week, but you know I was no just worries. mentioning to to quite a few of our guests. I mean, our our listeners in in the in the nine years that I've been doing this, uh, ten times. Technical glitches, and last week, unfortunately, was one of them. But I just gave a little brief description. You have a, a, a great book. It's called Thank Fuck you. Off Clothes, Surviving the, oh, oh my God, MF, MLF in Your Media Career. What a title. <laughs> Where did you come up with that title? That, <laughs> I, oh my, I, I mean, when story. I was reading. It's a whole story. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll tell it on the air. And, <laughs> okay. Definitely, definitely. So thank you for taking time to uh, come on. Absolutely. And we have so much to talk about. I mean, we, we can cover hours, but, you know, your time is, is, is – uh, I respect your time. So one of, one of the things that, that struck me right away when I saw your um, – when I got the uh, information about you was in regards to Elon Musk and uh, yeah. Twitter. And as we all know now, uh, the deal is on hold because um, yep. Twitter has come out and, 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 and has not revealed how many bots are out there, fake accounts out there. And Elon said, you know, we're not going to give you that $54 billion if, you know, most of these accounts are fake. Right. What is your perception or of what is really going on? And especially since you're in the, you've been in the mainstream media, uh, mainstream communication, you know, vice president of communications at CBS. What do you think is really going on? Okay, so this is my theory. I'm not saying it's. Um, I have no uh, <laughs> yeah. inside information on this, but I think he's just trying to get the stock down to get a better price. Because, you know, okay. he put this out there, he wants to buy it, and all of a sudden these issues are, you know, he's addressing these issues, and the stock is falling. And then he's going to swoop this up for much less than originally, uh, what originally he was going to buy it for. So my theory is this is all a financial ploy, and he's just trying mm-hmm. to get a better price. And, you know, and uh, Ruth. Cisco's co-host agrees with you. I Elton Musk is playing chess. He oh, knows mm-hmm. he, knew, he knew ahead of time about yep. these frailties that existed within Twitter, obviously. 100%. So it, 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 he's just playing it out. You're so correct, sir. No, this is absolutely – and by the way, he's had issues with the SEC before um, on Twitter, ironically. Um so yeah, this is to me. This is a pure uh, financial ploy that he's uh, and he'll probably like he'll probably win and probably get it for half of what he was originally going to pay for it. Yeah, yeah, but on the downside, they are going after him already. They they've been excluding Tesla from some uh, electric vehicle manufacturer meetings in D.C. Uh, so there, there's another side to this coin as well. Is all I'm saying. Oh yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, definitely. He, he's. Uh, I think last I heard, he was the richest man in the world. Uh, if you added up all, uh, you know, his worth. Um, so you know, you don't get to that level and not make enemies. And I think a lot of people uh, are scared of him because uh, he's outspoken and he's very much a maverick. And you really can't figure out what he's going to say. He's kind of like Trump in that respect, where he's unpredictable. <laughs> and I think that scares a lot of people. Um, because you Definitely. just don't know what he's going to say. And, you know, that whole, um, you know, th- that whole, uh, you can't predict. And I think that right, really right. scares people. Yeah, he, he's, he's not woke, basically, is uh, the problem that they have with him. You know, he doesn't right. tell the, the party line. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, anyway, sir, I understood. Me. Wait, I wanted to ask, uh, guess, uh, did you... You worked for CBS? Yeah, I was there 14 years in their, uh, in communications. Um, well, I wanted uh, to, okay. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, no, I, uh, you know, communications, corporate communications, we, uh, we were the face of the company. We, you know, we dealt with the media. We wrote, uh, you know, we represented the executive and all the divisions. And we were the front line of how the company was written about and perceived. Yeah, oh, no, I wanted to tell you, uh, I went to Stuyvesant High School in Manhattan, 68 to 72, the height okay. of the Vietnam protest era. And I explicitly recall the CBS TV camera crew, uh, probably the mm-hmm. foreman, interacting and coordinating with the uh, Marxist street commanders that were leading the violent demonstrations. Uh, because uh, I was I was involved in counter demonstrating, so I knew it was going on. And uh, 
you know, it was the guy with the headset and the clipboard. I'll put it that way. <laughs> so I just want to let you know how woke CBS has been. Even this was sixty nine seventy on the streets of Manhattan, and you know, I mean, they were woke already. I, I, you know, that was way before my time. But my father yep. was a Marine, and um, you know, I am pretty liberal. I, I actually just changed to independent. Um, you know, I've always been a Democrat, but, you know, when you're raised by a Marine and he was in, you know, he was in the armed services during that time. And it really instilled in me, he, he would never forgave uh, people in this country, media and other people for how they treated um, the Vietnam vets when they came back. And they could oh, sit on yeah, them. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I, I knew some vets. What happened to them? Never, like, these people never were waiting them. on the docks for them to get off yep. the ship okay. and throw stuff at them. Yeah, and that Definitely. always stayed with me. And, and you, know, um, you know, like I said, I'm a Democrat, and I, 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 well, I was. Um, but it always stayed with me, like, you know, like these people put, you know, they had no ideology. They just went, you know, they, they were sent there. Um and how we treated them was just, it, 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 it's such a stain. Definitely, definitely. And it's, it's interesting that you brought up that you were a Democrat and now you're independent because one of the other parts of the topic for discussion tonight is Elon Musk has always voted Democrat. Now he's going to vote Republican because he has come out and said that the Democratic Party is the party of hate and division. How much value does that really how far does that go with the average voter jeremy you know i don't know i mean i i think both sides have gone crazy i think that the the left has gone completely crazy with the woke and i think the right um with 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 the trumpers um like i was always i was raised like my parents were pretty conservative republicans and i was you know i was pretty conservative and then as i got older i got more Democrat, but it, it always seems like both sides were rational and both sides. Okay. You could see each side. You, you, you understood the ideology and you understood where they were coming from. Now, I don't think either party is recognizable. And, um, and like, like, like I said, you know, I'm a Democrat and I don't, I don't understand where, where, where the party has gone. I think it's, it's absolutely insane. So, um, with Elon, you know, he is, he's a maverick and um, no, you know, I, I, I think he is smart enough to, to, to have his finger on the pulse of what is really going in this country. And I think people are so over this PC woke stuff and uh, he's smart enough to know it. And, you know, if you talk to any Democrat behind the scenes, they'll tell you they hate this. They hate this. This is, this is literally eating up. Um, the party, and it's not even a party, it's, right. it's, it's an ideology, but I have so many friends who are like-minded with me, we were all like very liberal Democrats, and we're all changing, because it is, it's just, it's a cancer on the party. Definitely, and, and I have to tell you, I, I grew up right near where CVS, right on 57th Street and 11, 11th Avenue. Right. So you, you, that, that, that was your headquarters. I oh, yeah, that was the broadcast 12. center. So I was in BlackRock. I was in corporate on uh, 52nd and 6th. But uh, 57th, oh, where, where you're talking about, that was where everything, like that's where Cronkite and, and Dan Rather, that's where all yeah. that happened. Well, I was, I, I lived all my life on, on the Upper West Side right there, uh, 12 blocks away from there. So I used to rollerblade right past CBS. <laughs> on 57th Street in 11th Avenue, so I had to I throw that it. in. But I, Viacom, uh, it's the current owner of CBS, and it was CBS Entertainment previously. How much has that changed the time that you were there to the way CBS and mainstream networks are today, especially with the walk? Uh, ideology that's out there. Um, what you know? That, that's a good question. So you know, um, a lot of people think you know uh, they they see media through the face of the news. So CBS News is like you know that's what they think that the, the whole company stands for. But news is such a small small percentage of what a company is. 
unfortunately, that's what people, that's the window. Um, CBS, it's, it's Viacom CBS, but I think they just changed their name to Paramount, I, um, something like that. Um, you know, it, it's it's a new world. It's, you know, everybody's striving to uh, compete with Netflix and Amazon and the streamers. Um, you know, when I was there, um, you know, CBS was part of Viacom, and then they broke us up, and we became our own company. And then three years ago, they put it back together. So it's like this weird cycle uh, big, small, big, small, contract, expand. Um, and so who knows anymore? I mean, like, do mm-hmm. people even watch TV anymore? You know, no one reads newspapers. No one reads magazines. Everybody's, you know, no one's watching live television anymore. You're, you know, you're, you're watching Netflix. You're watching stuff on your phone. So it's really hard to say, uh, to make any kind of uh, judgment about media because it'll change in the next hour. Because we have noticed in the past two weeks that Netflix came out and told their workers, you know, you have to respect free speech. And if you don't, then this is not the place for you to work. I thought that was a very, very uh, good thing that they did, but I think they're doing it because they're losing a lot of subscribers. What do you think? You know, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I, 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 they lost something like 2 million subscribers. I'm not sure if that's a direct um, a result of anything in particular, except maybe saturation that there's so many, there's so many things now like Disney plus Apple, plus, everybody's got a plus. Um, and, um, you know, but Netflix, I, I'm so happy they said that because you know what? Um, you know, that, that whole thing with Dave Chappelle, um, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, that just broke my heart because, you know what, comedians and, 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 and satirists, they need that space to think out loud. They need that space to, to, to challenge, to, to, to test boundaries and to, to um, you, you know, like um, defy and, and, and challenge our beliefs. And if we start saying what they can and can't say, we're in a lot of trouble because, you know, it's always been artists, comedians, they really, like, you know, they're road testing a lot of it and, and comedy and, and uh, entertainment. That's where we come together. So, yeah, you, you, that's, they find what we are thinking, but what we're not saying and they're brave enough to say it. And I think that's what really brings us together. And the minute we start censoring that and telling them what they can and can't say. And by the way, I didn't agree with what he said. I, I feel differently, but that's his opinion. And he has the right to say it. And, you know, no one should ever tell someone, no, that's wrong. You can't say that. I, I just, that kind of broke my heart. And I'm really, really happy that Netflix um, came out and said, you know what? We're for free, freedom of speech. We're for people expressing their opinions. Because, you know what? Everybody, either side, that's your right. Right. Yeah, I mean, sure. I mean, things aren't they, they attempting to run a business? Isn't that the idea? Isn't that what Netflix is doing, a business to accrue shareholder wealth? So uh, isn't that the – that should be the prime objective. Uh, so that's going to mean including program to suit, you know, many different types of people. Right. I mean, this is what we always said. Um, you know, media uh, – you know, I grew up in television. It's It's – it's the ultimate democracy. People vote with their remote. If they don't like something, they don't watch it. Advertisers don't sponsor it, and it's done. It's literally democracy on the air, and you have to let people do that, right? Like, who are these people to say, you know, let the people decide? You know, that's who you're, that's your audience. That's who, who, who you're getting money from. Let them decide. Like, you know, we don't need, like, these, these elitists or, or, or these academics to tell us what we can and can't watch. You know, let people decide. Yeah, and, and, and it's perfect what you just said because we had CNN come out with a streaming, and, and within yeah. a month it flopped. It flopped uh, because there was no interest. Uh, and, and I mean, but but I want I want I want oh go ahead go ahead um, Jeremy. Well, I mean uh, honestly, like CNN, like you know, I, I I I'm trying not to be politically incorrect. Let's just say that they're not not the smartest people. 
Um, and, you know, your ratings are in free fall. Like, you can't get people to watch your, your channel. And now you're going to launch an app to, to, yeah. to <laughs> like, and you spent $300 million marketing this to, I don't know, anybody who even knew about it. You spent $300 million for no one to know about it. Um, you know, your fire, your, your house is on fire. Don't fix the garage. <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. That, that is so true. But uh, we'll, we'll get back to this. But, you know, one of the things that really struck me is you have a media boutique on Fifth Avenue. And that's going big. Can, can you talk the- about that? Uh, about media boutique that you have. Oh yeah, no. So I, I have a PR company um, in New York City, uh, and I do. Um, you know, I was at CBS for 14 years, and I did a lot of corporate and entertainment and uh, other stuff. And then uh, 2016, I started my own company, and it's more luxury lifestyle arts. And uh, well, I, I really wanted to deal with um, fun, uh, fun. Uh, People and brands I thought were bringing good into the world and um, producing something that was meaningful instead of, like, corporate stuff. And so I started working with, like, I have a violinist. I have uh, an opera singer. I have a beauty brand. I have just really great people. Um, And so that's what I'm concentrating on now is, like, you know, doing PR and crafting image and and, and branding and press for – brands and people I feel like are just putting good into the world and 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 I don't mean to be like sanctimonious because like you know they're not nuns like you know um you know they're not out there feeding the poor but what they are doing is producing stuff that I think is enriching people's lives and adding color and um art and and uh quality to people's lives so that I've been doing that for uh six years now yeah, and as a as a native New Yorker, I I know when you when you have an office on Fifth Avenue, you know it's 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 it's, it's pretty it's pretty impressive. Yeah, you know what? I yeah, mean, Fifth it, it, is like, where. In these days, like these days though, these days though, like we're all in Zoom now, so it doesn't even matter anymore. Um, you know, everybody is uh, remote. And, you know, you even see it, uh, you know, sending someone a package now, like, you know, it's, it's almost impossible because, you know, no one's in the office, but they don't want to give their home address. Um, so, you know, we're all emails and cell phones. So it really doesn't matter anymore. I think what, what matters is um, the quality of your work. It, you know, where you work, it, it's not important. It's what you do. And that's what I really stress to, to uh, clients is like, uh, you know what, judge me by, uh, you know, you're the image we're worried about, not mine. Like, where you are, that's what we're concerned about. I, I, I can literally work, like, on a beach chair in the Seychelles. Oh, yeah. It, do, it, it, it doesn't matter. Definitely, though. The quality of the work and, and it, it's what yeah. counts. But, again, you know, growing up and, and, and seeing any, any type of business that was on Fifth Avenue – you're impressed, you know. It's like you've made it. Yeah, you know, it, it, yeah, uh, you sure. know, um, it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, image is everything, right? Um, and that's yeah. what we're selling. Um, so obviously, you gotta like, um, you gotta uh, walk the walk. Um, but right. uh, it's becoming less of that, which I like because I don't want to worry about my image. I want to worry about my client's image because that's what I get paid for. Do you have a website for it? So if uh, I do, it's listeners. Uh, www.360bespoke.com. Um, and the 360 is obviously we think about every angle of uh, a client's needs. And bespoke um, is a word that I love because it's tailored, it's, it's curated. And also, I had a boss at CBS who hated that word. And. Uh, <laughs> he absolutely hated that word. And so, um, we didn't get along. So I knew that was, that was, I had to use it. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, I know, I, I know that, that I, I mean, I love my, uh, 
my hometown. And um, but what's really, I mean, the, the, thing, the things that are happening in, in, our, in, in, in New York City, and uh, I know you, you know, you've been there a long time now, so you, you understand the, the New York City culture. What's going on with this whole? It's scary. I mean, you know what happened last week with uh, Goldman Sachs uh, employer going to work and getting shot, and all these incidents. That I mean, growing up, I I never seen my city be the way it is today. Well, I'll tell you what happened is uh, uh, Bill De Blasio, uh, the worst mayor in the history of mayorship. Um, <laughs> and by the way, if you're ever in a bar and people get like, you know, uh, if there's a political disagreement, you just mention him and everybody comes together because we all hate him. Yeah. <laughs> he is literally the worst mayor in the history of New York City. He yeah, and yes, got reelected. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. I don't know how that happened, but everybody. Well, you know what it is? There was no one else. Like, like no one else. You know, I mean, I did not like Michael Bloomberg. Um, you know, I think he gave all his friends a rubber stamp to build those horrible, you know, washing machines that are big buildings. Um, um, but I would literally take Bloomberg over um, uh, de Blasio. And thank, thankfully, de Blasio is gone. Like, he could not leave soon enough. But now we got, you know, Eric Adams who, uh, you know, is more interested in going to the Met Ball and, uh, you know, uh, going to parties than being mayor. So. I know. I was really hoping I was really hoping Curtis would sneak over the line uh, because of, you know, he's so well-known with the Guardian Angels. But I think New York blew that opportunity. You know, first they did de Blasio twice, now this guy. Uh, I think Curtis you know, I would be the there. best mayor. I would be the best mayor. Um, first thing I would do is uh, I would uh, city that whole city by thing. Uh, I would that would be gone. Like I'm sorry, but like the, the city bike, like you know these these people who shouldn't be on wheels. Um, you know, right? The city's gone crazy. Like we're 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 literally taking traffic lanes away so people can ride bicycles. Um, and then there's like every minute there's someone else has a new parade that they have to <laughs> close down traffic. Um, you know, it, it's not hard. I could do this job in my sleep. <laughs> yeah. So I just wanted to touch on that because you were, you know, you live in New York City. So you, you have your right. business. Your your book, the title of your book, uh, how did that come about? And what inspired you to write that book and give that actual great title to your book? Um, well, it's, it's an interesting story. So it was during COVID, um, and obviously, you know, everything changed. Um, you know, a lot of business went away, and everybody, you know, uh, the world stopped. And um, I had sent a strategy memo. I had, like, a couple of clients left, and I sent a, a, a strategy memo. And I, you know, I, I, I put people in the email and CC'd people and whatever. And I sent it, and... Um, Someone named Chloe uh, replied just to me, and she said, TLDR, LOL. And I didn't know what that meant. <laughs> and I had to Google it. And it means too long, didn't read. And I was like, F off, Chloe. And I was like, oh, my God, that'd be a great book name. And it was always <laughs> in the back of my mind. And then uh, – I got an offer later that year from a publisher to write about like a funny book about PR. And I was like, I have the book title. I have it. And so mm. Chloe is, um, Chloe is uh, symbolic of this new generation of uh, Gen Zers. You know, like I want to say like, you know, 23, 25, just getting into the workforce, but they're very woke. And they're very entitled, okay. and they have way too much self-esteem because they grew up on social media where everything they say gets an audience and a like and a comment and a share. And so they come into the workplace, and they think whatever they say needs an audience, needs a parade. And um, so I call them the Chloe's because they're all named Chloe for some reason. Um, 
and so that's kind of that's how the book came out. It's 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 a humor book about the culture clash between um, young and old in the workplace, and the humor that arises from that. Right. So do you do you, do you see that the the new generation, the millennials, are entitled, and and they 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 feel that their their self esteem is so high because of social media. Oh, it's not even millennials. Like millennials were horrible, but they're at least better than this new generation. The new generation okay. is the Gen Zers who um, grew up on social media, and so you know. Everything that they post, they're looking for an audience. So, like, oh, I went to the dry cleaner today, and then they want like twenty people congratulating them for that. Um, and <laughs> not only that, but their parents. You know, like when I was a kid, my parents loved me, but they didn't want to be my friend. You know, they were parents. <laughs> they were kids. Now these yeah. parents want to be friends with their children. I don't get this. Like, they, literally, these kids, like these, you know, they're. They, they're talking to their parents 10 times a day. Um, right. And their parents coddle them. And like, you know, it's that generation where everybody's a winner. You know, no one loses. Everybody gets a trophy, you know. And wow. So you have that. And then you have social media. So now you have this generation that really feels everything they say needs an audience. And then you add in the woke, the woke stuff where, you know, um, what they feel is, you know, whatever I feel, um, everybody should follow, you know, like, and, and so you get these like 22 year olds going to, you know, interviewing jobs and they're like asking you, what's your carbon footprint? What's your stance on BLM? <laughs> it's like, screw you, go get the coffee. <laughs> right? Like, no. Well, yeah, I, they're, I, they're watching. I couldn't imagine. I couldn't imagine being, a, I was a manager for decades. I couldn't imagine having to manage a group of people like this. But I, I, I can say this. I was around when things went from manual to computerized in the workplace. So I had dozens of people in their late 50s, early 60s, to be doing things manually for their whole lives. All of a sudden, you've got a computer in front of them. Yep. And, and, and I love that you said that because I, it, it's kind of like changed now where, you know, I grew up, you know, I remember I, I started as a newspaper reporter and we didn't have email. Like, we, you know, we, we had to actually talk to people. And, you know, so you would work the phones and then we got email. And now, um, first of all, no one wants to talk to anybody now. And, you know, literally I get these, these people who want like they have all these platforms. And they're like, oh, can you do your Google Docs share Dropbox, share drive, we transfer? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> what happened to Microsoft Word? <laughs> when did that come out of the fashion? <laughs> definitely, definitely. So, yeah, because I think a, a lot of the older parents, they're saying, well, you know, our kids, we want them to be independent. But mm-hmm. now with the new generation, it's totally, they're out of control. And again, you've seen these cases in, in regards to what happened in Ovalde, what happened in Buffalo, uh, all these new generation, they're uh, kids that are basically lost, but they feel that they're important. They want to impact and, 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 and be famous on social media, you know, uh, and they commit the atrocities that, that we've seen in the last three weeks. I mean, I don't, I, I don't know if I would go that far. I, I, I do think that this generation is, you know, there's something about paying your dues. Um, and, you know, uh, I remember when I went to work and, and uh, my first week at CBS, you know, it was, you know, that was the big leagues. And I remember my boss looked at me and said, welcome to the NFL. And it was hard. Like you got your ass kicked. And there was none of this woke stuff. Like, you know, you, you really had to work hard. You had to sweat. You, and um, I, I think that's missing. And I think, you know, we're, and we're really robbing this new generation of uh, that opportunity to really test your mettle and, and get a thick skin. Because if everybody's so 
sensitive, you're never going to get that grit, that, that gravitas to really survive and, and, and to thrive. Right now, everybody's so sensitive and everybody wants a hug. And I think we're robbing people of, you know, what you need to develop and succeed. Um, yeah, you, you know, you can't coddle no anymore. You, you know, you sound like, and I know I ran it. I'm sure Cisco did. We all, you all, you had to run the gauntlet. I'll call it. You know, right? to get yeah. to where you were. And uh, there's no gauntlets anymore. You know, it's no, uh, well, you know, you, you say the wrong thing, and HR will come and arrest you and, and tase you. You know, um, <laughs> you know, like you can't say like you, you say someone looks nice today, and you're going to get shot. Um, Right, but in the meantime, people want to talk to uh, six-year-olds about uh, transsexual reality. It's just ridiculous how it's flip-flop. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's the other thing. I I want to talk to children about sexuality, but don't you dare tell me I look nice today. I I don't understand that uh, uh, difference. Well, you know, I'm not a parent. I don't have children. Um, What I will say is, um, you know, I don't understand when uh, I I never understood why schools get to teach children this stuff. Uh, And I was watching Megyn Kelly on um, Bill Maher and she had such a great point. She said, you know, uh, she and her husband, very woke school. And uh, one of the exercises was writing to the Cleveland Indians complaining about their mascot. And Megan said, you know, my child is like six or seven. Can, can he learn to spell Cleveland first? Um, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not a parent. Um, I just don't understand why schools can even, are even talking to children about this stuff. Like educate math, science, reading, history. But there are certain topics I just feel that that should come from your parents. And regardless of where, how they feel, like whether, you know, um, you know, I'm very progressive. I think everybody should feel comfortable in their skin. And if you want to be a man, be a man. If you want to be, if you want to change, I'm, I'm for that. Like, that's cool. Um, I just don't think teachers should be teaching that to children. I think that's what your parents do, but I might be in the minority on this. No, I don't think so. I, you know, I had the same attitude. You know, my my attitude is, hey, whatever lights your lamp, you know, have a party. But uh, right. yeah, leave I, the damn I, kids I alone, that's for sure. So now that we move to that point, um, the next point is um, <laughs> where do you see the mainstream media? In what direction do you see it? Do you see <laughs> because the ratings have fallen, have fallen so far down. Uh, where do you see where it's going the um, the mainstream media in regards to okay. subscribers, uh, advertising, and uh, right. or is is it a is a is it a crippling crippling industry, or is it still staying strong? No, there, there. This is how I say. It. And by the way, I'm not Kenaletta. I'm like not Walter Isaacson. Um, you know, like there are much smarter people to opine on this. But in my mm-hmm. perspective, there are four things that are very, very concerning. One is the, the lack of the communal experience. Whereas, you know, when we were growing up, we had Johnny Carson, we had the Cosby Show, we yes. had all these things where we all yes. watched together, right? And we came into the, the, you went to school or you went to the office or whatever, you went to the bar, and you all watched the same thing, and it connected us. That's gone because no one's, no one's doing that anymore because everybody's time shifting. Everybody's, they watch what they want to watch, and there's too many things. So we don't have that, that, that to connect us. So, uh, and the next thing is what's really important is, well, scary, is we're niche viewing. And we're looking for people are looking for um, news and information that that affirms what they already think. Um, And that's bad because you need to hear alternating opinions. You need to, you know, when I was a kid, we watched Brokaw. um, And that's Mm -hmm. before media became very polarized. You got you, you got the story. 
And then you can take from that what you will. Like, I don't agree with, I don't agree with. But it was always objective. And now it's like, oh, if you're conservative, watch Fox. If you're liberal, watch MSNBC. If you're brain dead, watch CNN. You know, like, um, <laughs> you know, like it was, it, oh, you know, there, um, the third thing that is really, really scary is the lack of local news. And what's happening now is these predators, these, these horrible VC funds, private equity funds are suffocating. They're going around the country and they're buying up local newspapers and TV stations and they're sucking the lifeblood out of them. They're, they're selling the real estate. They're selling the furniture. They're selling the subscriber list. And they're, and they're leaving these carcasses. You know, media, like, you know, a local newspaper was, when I grew up, it was your lifeblood. You know, the local TV states, that's how you knew what was going on. And that's gone because now they're sucking everything out of them. Um, and so you have these bare bones, you know, there, there's like a guy at Kinko's now doing your local newspaper. Um, yeah. And the, the last thing is social media, which I think is the death of um, society. Because it really is, um, it, it really is killing us. I don't think anybody knew how dangerous this would be. I, I really don't think Mark Zuckerberg or any of these people knew how um, dangerous this would be when when they created this. And so I think those four elements are really, um, really scary. And do not yeah. portend well for the future of media. Media, uh, Jeremy, I ha we have a, a caller two five four. Do you have a, a question for Jeremy? Um, not really a question, a statement. I rarely see the news now because all of it is like misinformation, and I have to go with maybe I believe fifty of it. And the other 50, I have to find out if it's true. So I really don't listen to the media that much. Uh, or the news, CBS, NBC, uh, CNN. But CNS mm. is the worst one. <laughs> um, wow. Um, you know, that, that to me, it, it breaks my heart because I uh, grew up in a newsroom. Like my first job was as a newspaper reporter. And I can tell you, um, I've never met a reporter who w went into it with an agenda. Like, we, it, I always look at it as a calling. You know, like, there's no glamour in journalism. It's, it's a calling. It's a profession. It's, it's a hard job. And I do believe most people who, who start are altruistic. You just want to tell stories. You just want to report the news. And... The fact that people now think it's become this is, is heartbreaking to me because, you know, I grew up with a bunch of uh, people who are now spread across the country in very top uh, jobs. And, you know, we, we were atheists. We just, we had no ideology. We just wanted to report the news. And now, you know, if, if people have this perception that, 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 you know, you know, journalists have agendas, and we and 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 we want to report wrong information. That's scary because no reporter that's that's not the desire. You know, you don't go into reporting to lie. You know, reporting is you want to share stories, you want to tell the truth, and the fact that now people think that it's dishonest is is very frightening. Yeah, and, and, and to add to that point, growing up, I used to see Walter Cronkite, used yep. to, you know, and and, and CBS uh, sixty Minutes, and I grew up on, I grew up on watching CBS and ABC and, and NBC, right. uh, and 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 really, I trusted them, and I think today, there's a lack of trust with the mainstream media. You know, some people would say, uh, okay, you know, you believe all these conspiracies from these unknown sources, authorized sources, and then we turn around. Like, example, the Hunter Biden laptop. Two years ago, it was said, they were, or last year, they were saying, Hunter Biden laptop, that's a conspiracy. That's a Russian disinformation. What do we find out a year later? 
and this was the New York Times, this was uh, right. CNN. Uh, I mean, this, this was debunked that it, it, it was not Russian disinformation. So well, now you know know what what Wait, wait, hold it. Hold it. So all these things have have been happening, Jeremy. That I think what the caller just indicated indicated there's a lack of trust in what the mainstream media is reporting today, which is a shame. I, you're absolutely no, yeah. right. I, yeah, what I would did. say is the Hunter Biden really thing, though. Well, well, is, hold know, on, I, let Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, go ahead, Jeremy. Jeremy, go. Oh, uh, what I would say about, like, I think you're absolutely right. There is a mistrust. With the Hunter Biden thing, uh, yeah, that kind of blew up in everybody's face. What I will say this, though, you know, when I went to college and, and working in a newsroom, you know, I, I worked with Knight Ritter um, for several years, mm-hmm. and the cardinal rule is consider the source, right? Like, you can have, like, Watergate. But if the person bringing the story is not credible, you can't go with it. And the problem with the Hunter Biden thing was Rudy Giuliani was the one who found the laptop. Now, okay, I live in New York City. I've lived here for 22 years. My apartment on 9-11 blew up. Um, literally, my apartment was right across from the World Trade Center. And Giuliani was a mm-hmm. hero to me, like America's mayor. Like, he could do no wrong. And then during the Trump years, he really sullied his reputation. He, he kind of um, became less credible. And when he's the one who found the laptop, um, that really kind of – I can see how a reporter, because he was such a partisan for Trump and it was an election year, mm-hmm. I can see how a news organization would be like, you know what? Maybe he's not the source. The problem was nobody would confirm. And, you know, you had, uh, what is it, John Durham, you know, the um, the special mm-hmm. prosecutor yeah. looking into Biden, wouldn't, they wouldn't confirm anything. They wouldn't say anything. So here you have Rudy saying, oh, look what I found. But no one would, no one would back it up. And Rudy, you know, unfortunately, he is no longer a credible source. So I think that's one of the reasons why that story didn't get traction. I don't think it was so much bias as I think it was, you know, reporters need confirmation. They need to double and triple source stuff. And when Rudy was the only one saying it, that kind of puts them in a bad position. Yeah, but on on the other hand, on the other hand, now I wanted to say is on the other hand, they'll run like uh, reckless maniacs with any BS story pertaining to Trump or Republicans without any confirmation, without even caring the source of the, uh, of, of the baloney. So, uh, you know, I, have, I, I think you're giving them too much credit. Well, I wouldn't say uh, – and, and by the way, you're right in the sense that there was a lot of that out there. Um, you know, that's something I can't defend. I can yeah, tell you, course. like, having, having grown up in a newsroom and, and you know, uh, Knight Raider was, the, I think, the most respected news organization. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, that's where I learned the rules. And, and I know most credible news organizations, they do require, um, you know, uh, confirmation sources. The problem now is the media reports on media. And this is the loophole. They'll be like, oh. You know, uh, you know, some, you know, cable news channels are like, oh, and today, the, you know, the Washington Gazette is reporting and they're like, we haven't confirmed this ourselves. So they're reporting on what another news organization is reporting, but they haven't confirmed it. So that it, it, it's, it's kind of a cesspool right now. Yeah. And I, and, and I think to to your credit, uh, Jeremy, I mean, we, we grew up, we both grew up in, in eras where reporting and journalists will act, would actually investigate and double and triple check right. their stories. Yeah. Today, it, it appears, and it's been proven now on so many, in the last couple of years, that they just basically report, they go with, and they don't, they don't verify anything. They just put it out there because 
it's going to capture ratings. It's going to capture attention right away, and and it's going to basically, not criminalize, but it's going to basically defame your opposition. So, uh, you know, reporting in journalism, I think, has lost its nature and its value in the last five to ten years. Yes, the, the purpose of the media is to further the leftist narrative, period, and with few exceptions. I mean, you know, like, I haven't worked as a reporter in years, um, so I can't comment on that. I just know when I was in it, it was a very altruistic profession. It was a calling. Yes, yes. We made no I money. Mean. We worked long hours. We worked hard hours. We worked weekends, holidays, overnight shifts, listening to the police monitor, listening to the scanner. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. We, we felt like we were doing God's work. And, yeah. And it felt good. Like, we really felt. Yeah. And, and everybody I know who is a reporter, like, no one went into this to lie or to deceive. And I really try to feel that way. Like, you know, I, I, I hear so many instances of what you're saying, and it breaks my heart because I've never met a reporter who wanted to deceive or mislead or lie. It was, it's just, right. it's a calling. It's not, um, no one is making money at this, right? So when I hear these instances, it breaks my heart because that was never the deal. That was never why yeah, I wanted right. this. It's a shame. Definitely. Uh, Jeremy, once again, uh, your, your website, name of, of your book, and where can we get your book? Uh, okay, so the book is F Off Chloe, uh, Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble. You can just Google me, Jeremy Murphy. Uh, uh, company is 360bespoke.com. Uh, okay. Um, and my email is anybody can find it. So, um, you know. Anybody reach definitely, out? Definitely, definitely. Hey, you know what, Jeremy? I wanted off. to ask you. I wanted to ask you about. Did you work with a fellow with a last name of Brewer? Because you said Brewer. you worked at Scripps, right? You know, no, I worked with Knight Ritter, but we oh, were, were affiliated. Scripps yeah. Howard. I'm sorry. You know, because yeah. uh, a good friend of mine, his older brother, was a big shot over at Scripps Howard, where he he would even give us. Great seats to Johnny Carson. That's the kind of clout this guy had. You know, well, you know those Johnny were the Carson days when those were the days when like news organizations were. It, it was not. Yes, it was about profit, but it was also about serving the public interest. You know, it was Knight Ritter. It was uh, you know when the Chandler family owned, owned the L.A. Times and the Graham family owned the Washington Post, and you know it was like it, it was a public trust. And yeah. Now you have these predators, these hedge funds, and these private equity, these VCs that are just sucking the life out of news, and right. just oh, I, I, my stomach turns every time I I read about it. <laughs> well, Jeremy, uh, be safe out there. Uh, Thank you. Like I said, like I said, I love my hometown, and uh, yeah, we're all definitely. We're all New yeah, Yorkers. So basically, basically, so uh, I just wanted to extend my appreciation for you coming on, and absolutely, and the fact that the fact that it was an enjoyable <laughs> and, and everything that I expected uh, of our interview tonight was great, and um, wish you the very best, and and, and definitely will Thank be uh, following you. Absolutely, I, I really appreciate. This is so much fun. <laughs> yeah, it was. Thank you very much for coming, Jeremy. Thank you, Jeremy. Yeah, I want to say we're sponsored uh, by studentsforabetterfuture.com. Please donate. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Definitely. All right. Have Take a care. good evening. Next, good night. All right. Next week, we'll have another excellent guest, just like Jeremy, on for us to really go and have a blessed Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. Um, God bless. And be safe out there. We definitely need it. And God bless America. Good night. (laughs) That was a good...
you see, you you got him going. You know, when I got you, all of you going. Yeah, when you said that, it was like, oh man, he started going on the. You know, he felt he got more. I could see the tone of his voice. You know, you just have a way of of coming out with. I I didn't know what you were going to say. Uh, that's why I don't talk to you about it. What I'm going to say, I want to know. I really don't want to read what they're about. Yeah, I'd rather just come out with a question or uh, something. But he he was a, a big shot. Now he has. But well, he, he's still a big shot. Where he's but he's no longer a Democrat. He's uh, in between. In between, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I knew the what question I was going to ask. Yeah, but I was. I'm Once saying. Once he said that. The the. The phrase was really good because I, I noticed he was like, oh, my God, that was really disappointing me because of this, this information. I wasn't. Uh, it, no, it's misinformation. Right, misinformation. They missed the, the main thing, and they say whatever they want to. Yeah, yeah. What is this? You still on? Yeah, turn it off. 